Hello and welcome to the Pete Barter Podcast, where you will join Pete in interviewing top-level thought leaders in education, music, and business, as well as a sneak peek into Pete's thoughts and challenges. This episode is all about... You never stop learning, Mm -hmm. but you have like a a season where the changes, they really come and they kind of... Yep. It's a transitional moment. Mm. It takes time to go through. Whatever you are doing right now, keep on doing it and enjoy this episode of the Pete Barter Podcast. Guys, I'm here with Mauricio Ozzy. Mauricio runs an extraordinary music education business in Queensland. And uh, I met Mauricio because he was traveling throughout Australia, actually just come here um, from a, an extensive tour in New York with, uh, with a band that he was performing with and we got chatting about a whole heap of things and you know I love music education that's my my world revolves around that and Mauricio definitely shared a lot of the same problems that I've encountered and we've worked together over the last little while to uh, to to streamline some of Mauricio's challenges so Mauricio welcome to the podcast oh thank you very much Pete and and hi to everybody who's listening Uh, thank you for for the, the, the chance to, to share the stuff, to talk to you. And, uh, yeah, hope we can have, like, a very productive chat. Yeah, man, look, it's literally just a conversation. There's no need to be nervous. It's, it's literally just a chat, that's all. I think you're, um, you'll be fine. I won't hit, hit you with any hard questions. We're just literally going to talk about your process to now, like what you've achieved, what you've struggled with, and why you're doing what you do in the first place. So yeah. let's, let's start with the why. It's definitely important. Why do you teach guitar? Why do you teach music? Yeah. Oh, well, man, I believe, you know, like you, everybody has a kind of, some people might call call or everybody has something you love. You know, you, you have to find what it is. Um, I love music. Mm-hmm. And inside of the music, uh, scene or inside of the, the, this huge thing that is music, you know, you can play, you can teach, you can work on production. I just, I realized I loved uh, teaching uh, as I was playing, of course. So I decided to make that my living, you know, teaching people, playing music as well. Um, so the why is that? That's that's what I like doing. That's what I love doing. That's okay. what I'm at it. Perfect. Let's give a little bit of a background summary of of where you came from, when you first started playing, you know, you clearly don't have a, a sexy Australian accent, you have a sexy Brazilian accent. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's a good thing and that's a bad thing. Yeah. Why is it a bad thing? You know, when you're talking and you see the person like in front of you makes that look like, what is he saying? Mm. That's a bad thing. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, that's okay. I, I got used to it, and I yeah, I've been improving my sound. And yeah. oh well. Yeah, well, everything that's... everything's a process, you know. One yeah. day I'll be able to speak English properly as well, because uh, people <laughs> look at me with that same face, brother. I'll tell you, and uh, there's plenty of podcasts that I've listened to that I've recorded myself, and I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so when where were you born? Well, I was born in São Paulo, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in 1982. I'm 34 years old now. Uh, I started playing. I was uh, I was I was nine when I started playing. It was the piano. Mm-hmm. Didn't really like much, and I blame my teacher for that. Okay. Oh, okay. interesting. I blame my teacher. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Let's get back to that a little later. Yeah. Anyway, I blame a little myself as well, but more hurt. Anyway, mm-hmm. then I I stopped it uh, when I was. 13, I started again, but on the guitar. Okay. And when I was 15, I decided that, that I, I, I would make that hobby as a, a job, as a profession. Mm-hmm. So I went to university, you know, I took like private lessons, went to university, mm-hmm. and started, I decided to, 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 to make my life as a, to make as a, a music as a job. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So did you have another job before that? Have you worked a normal day? Uh, no, the only thing that we had, my family had a business, you know, okay. I, I, I helped them to, to run, it was like uh, at the time, 
you know when like Super Nintendo Mega Drive was like the things you know like and then we have Sega Saturn and PlayStation 1 yep yep yeah so we had like a, a store selling and selling video games and at the time we used to rent the games people okay. used to all rent and bring it back yep so we had this family business and I, I I was helping my uncle I was raised by my uncle my aunt my parents played okay. actually yeah so um, I helped the business for a while, mm -hmm. like 40 years after. Yeah, okay. And uh, I was doing that together with my university. Okay. And then from there, I just, uh, when the business, the business didn't work well. Anyway, I started teaching and then playing. And eventually, some years after, I came to Australia. Right, okay. Right, and uh, you came here by yourself? Yes, like, uh, my brother is here. Like He came way before me. Uh, he, she was the reason I came. Uh, okay. So I have a brother here. So oh. they have a brother and four nephews. Okay. Okay. And uh, and the world of music that you travel with quite often. You know, you you having a musician, having a skill as music allows you to create a a pretty large family. You know, I don't know about you. I'm pretty sure you'll agree. But when we've got close knit friends that we talk to a lot and we communicate with and we play band, you know, play gigs with in a band. To some degree, they're family, and if you do it long enough, you travel with them, and they kind of end up being more than family in some cases. Oh yes, definitely. Uh, you know, like as a as a musician, you play with like tons of people, mm -hmm. but you do have those those bands that you 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 see them as like as you said as a family. Mm -hmm. uh, in Brazil, I had uh, some people, and here since I came here, I. I uh, I'm very involved in the Brazilian community and also church. Yeah. I'd say those two uh, scenarios is where I, I play more, those two scenes, music okay. scenes. Church is just to, for my church to help, not, nothing professional, nothing. Uh, but the Brazilian scene, uh, I, I act very strongly every week. I have gigs. Right. And I have uh, inside of this community, I have the, the people that I play more often. Mm -hmm. And those people, yes, they end up being like a kind of family. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, tell me a little bit about your your. We'll get into the teaching stuff, and I want to pick your brains on this teacher that made you quit piano. But I want to just give you a little bit more context. Let's talk about um, some gigs that you've done. What? Tell me a tell me a good gig or a good group of gigs that you like to do or you have done in the past. Uh, well, man, for like. I have different reasons for like um, that I liked different gigs. Uh, I had like I've just had uh, a year ago uh, an amazing experience in New York. Mm -hmm. uh, we had like a an uh, off Broadway theater uh, with a dance group that was amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we went to Adelaide where uh, where we met. Yes, that was awesome for the experience for the people for the the type of gig. Uh, learned a lot uh, and. You know, went to America, which is it was great. Mm. Um, so I have, I have that as one of the gigs I I, I liked a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a I remember um, years ago that you know like my first pop bands that I uh, I I mean I've played pop music my whole life, but this band was a kind of the was a high level, let's say ex the level of uh, excellence you had to have. You know, the level of uh, the performer you had to have, and you really had to play well the songs. And I remember this band. Uh, we I had to learn so many songs in a short period of time. Mm -hmm. Used to perform like twice a week. I also loved playing for the the, the pressure that I had to to kind of face. Okay. And, yeah. And, you know, like learn those songs, get to the stage, perform them well. Mm -hmm. So uh, it pushed me, you know that. So I learned a lot. That's always yeah. a, that's always a good thing. So the band that you played in that toured, um, I did see the show. It was amazing. It was yourself on guitar, Jeremy on bass, and uh, some amazing killer drummer. Brendan was on on drums. And uh, yeah. the, the way I got involved in that was there was a, a word that was out on Facebook saying, "Hey, has anyone got an electronic kit? Um, we're coming to Adelaide. We want to know." If, if it's available, where can I hire an electronic drum kit from in Adelaide? And the only options were um, a six-month rental. Um, there was no backline hire place that had a rolling uh, drum kit. So I got connected to you guys and, and spoke to your tour manager and organized for my kit to be at the show. 
and and that gave me a really good insight into all you guys and how you guys oh, operated. That was, that was your kid. Yeah, man. Okay, that yeah. explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so connect all the dots. So yeah, that's that's how it came about, and uh, that's why I was at, I was at many of the shows and hanging out at the at the after parties with you guys because it was just a great bunch of dudes to be around. And, um, yeah, and and. So that's how I got to be involved in in that show, and, and I've ke- I've kept in touch with most of the guys that are in uh, that were in that show. Uh, that show was called Untapped, by the way. If you're not sure what it is, if you Google Untapped, uh, it's put together by the Raw Dance Company uh, in Brisbane, uh, who, who do an amazing job at a lot of things, and they package this really cool scenario together and and shipped it all around the world, and it ended up doing. Uh, extremely well and won a lot of awards here in Adelaide at the uh, Adelaide Fringe Festival. Not, not the one just gone, but the one before. You guys didn't come out to this one recently. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about your teaching business. So how long have you been uh, doing what you do and, and how did you come to decide that let's run it as a business instead of me just teaching a couple of guys from my home studio? Yeah. Well, the, the teaching uh, itself, I've been doing uh, for probably 17 years now. I started in, the, in 2000 when mm-hmm. I went to uni. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Brazil, it's a little bit different than here. Uh, and my mindset was different. It's just me teaching. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, then I came here to Australia 2007, uh, 10 years ago. First three years here, I man, I couldn't talk. Like I, you know, English is not my first language, mm-hmm. as you can see. Mm-hmm. So I had, and also had a lot of visa limitations and all those things, you know, I had to, so I had to, to use the first two and a half years to get myself uh, ready to, to start teaching. Anyway, I fixed all those things uh, and start teaching in schools. Like the thing, the difference here is in Brazil, we don't have this uh, teaching at school like we have here. Okay. We've got to go to a music school. Like outside of you know outside of school hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, they have them here as well, and you know I think they're 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 both great. I think the in school lessons are really great because it gives you it gives the student access to a lesson they probably wouldn't have had because the parents potentially aren't able to travel to a um, a lesson outside of work hours. So having it in school is really good. But then on the flip side of the coin, we can't do. I know I can't do what I'd like to do in a school mm-hmm. with my home studio set up. Yeah. It's, it's more professional set up and, um, you know, and, and I charge what I charge at in my home studio in my other areas outside of school. Normally the school dictates the price. So, yeah, they, they clearly have both. But in Brazil they don't. In Brazil they only have the after hours. Why don't they have the in-school stuff? Well, uh, the, the educational system is completely different. Uh, um Music is, is uh, you know, like different than what people think. Brazilian music is great. The culture is great, but not the education culture. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay. you don't have music in schools. You don't have music lessons in schools. Okay. Uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta uh, look that and for yourself after if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's 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 something that you know, like you once you like when you're born there, you don't even uh, imagine that you know here, for example, you have the chance to teach at school. Um, so uh, when I came here, I, uh, and so to me the, the difference is like uh, I wouldn't have uh, means to build like a, a home studio. You know, I was sharing my house with a lot of other international students, and mm-hmm. so having the facility at school, it was like a, perfect. Uh, it was perfect. The, the setup is perfect. Uh, Make it made a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's how I started. Um, one school, a couple of students, and from there I built it. Uh, I remember last year, mm-hmm. no, up, no, the year before that, uh, yes, the year before that, I had up to 74 private students a week, like one, one. Yep, that's for you, just you teaching 74. Yeah, but what, what, what happened is, that you, you ask about the business, uh, it gets... It gets to a point where you know you realize you have like a body limitation. You know you can't do too much. Mm-hmm. Now, that amount of teaching affects your like your body. You know you you, you, you get to a to a yep. point where you feel tired. Yep. And then and I also perform. I have you know, gigs mm-hmm. and then and then 
And then I, and I also had also had this this kind of this thing on me of running a business one day. You know, like I always had this kind of. I always wanted to to be a kind of. I don't know if I can do businessman, but I always wanted yeah. to have more kind of mm-hmm. you know, having people working for me and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I just put them together. Uh, once I understood how things here work, I saw the opportunity. Wow, I could you know yeah. uh, contact schools and use you know use uh, the school space, get people to work for me, mm-hmm. help people to find job, have the school, and help myself. Great. So, that's it. So, I mean, well, that that's it. You know, and and. My hat's off to you because then, you know, we've worked together, we've done some coaching and the the attitude that you've got is something that not many musicians have and the audience of the people that listen to these podcasts are typically a musician or a music educator or someone that's involved in business but not often do I get a musician that's a music educator that runs a business. Mm-hmm. It's having all those three, you can't be a music teacher if you're not a musician. Well, I guess you can. You can learn how to play some stuff and just be a one page ahead, you know, mm-hmm. teaching the kids. But you're a performing musician, let's say you're pro, you're a pro muso, and you're teaching kids between the ages of, I think your youngest is eight or something, up to teenage. Youngest five. Is five. Okay, five. So you've got some young kids there, and you're taking care of the business side of it. So, yeah. you know, you've kind of got those three pillars really tidy, um, and. I know that when I speak to other musicians that teach, the business side of it is so far away that they, they struggle to run a business and they wonder why. And then they also say that they don't really know much about business yet or and don't care about the business. They don't want to be a business person. They want to be a musician. Yeah, I've had conversation with some of the world's best business musicians and musician business people and they have to have that the synergy between being in business and being a musician because it's a brand. It's like running your own cake business, like oh, yeah. being a, a carpenter or a, you know, it's, it's done. And maybe they think they don't want to, but they they somehow, I don't know, it's it's very tricky to, to distinguish, but I know that there are many musicians that don't have and don't particularly want to be the business person that they think they don't need to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 I think... To me, you know, like once you are a musician, you know, like this, it by itself is a business. Now you are like selling yourself, negotiating your, mm. yeah. your, your, your fees. And, Absolutely. But I think what people, I think they have this romantic idea of being a stage and being, you know, playing a music and that kind of the, let's say, the, the, the fantasy side. Mm. But you know, like for you to have those two hours gig presets, gigs, whatever, mm-hmm. or for you to have your students behind, it's, it's inevitable to put hours of preparation, negotiation, mm-hmm. and um, and yes, like, uh, I, I must say, I like it, Yeah, uh, it's, like a, it's a painful, it's a painful road to go through, it's like a very, uh, but it's, I, I like, you know, like, uh, being, being, building this business, mm-hmm. even though in a lot of moments it hurts, you know, all the hours, the hours you have to put it, all the, the, the no's you get it, yeah. all people that fail you and, mm. but behind of that, you have this feeling, well, I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing and you have like peace within yourself mm-hmm. and you keep doing and learning and talking to people and, and building whatever you have. But I think musicians in general they don't they don't they don't they don't they don't see that whether they like it or not, they are running a business which is their own, their own name, their own brand. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Totally. I think that's why they, 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 they fail to understand that if they don't get this kind of let's say scientific business knowledge a little at least. Yeah. You never like they will never let's say get ahead of where they are, which mm-hmm. is usually Getting getting paid, paying a bill, then they find another gig, they get paid, they feel pay bills. And yeah, they're always running this kind of same lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tricky, and well, it's not tricky. You either you do it and you do it well, or you 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 don't learn, and someone else will get the gig. Yeah, uh, you might have all the talent in the world, but you've got to do the hard work as well. You've got to have both. You can't just be hard working and no talent because you know, I, I could I could apply to play basketball for the um, you know the Chicago Bulls, 
I'm not tall enough, even at six foot, I'm not tall enough and I don't have the skill that I could, even if I did the hard work from the age of seven to 37, if I did 30 years of hard work, that still wouldn't get me the gig because I would never have the talent to do it. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have, I just wouldn't, it wouldn't work. So, if, But with music, it's a totally different thing. If you work your ass off as a musician, you're going to build the talent and you're going to be able to be equivalent, you know, to in a team of, of your choice, like Chicago Bulls, for example. But you have, you have to continue to do the hard work. And that's, and that's where a lot of people go, oh, this is too hard. I'm not getting paid for my gigs or there's too much paperwork or there's, yeah. you know, I've, I'm bored with it now. And I know a lot of, I'm one of them. I'm a musician that will not do a gig in a local pub in Adelaide for any less than a set fee because I just don't feel like I need to and I don't want to. Yeah. And that's just my choice and that leaves my gig open for others who want to. So I'm not going to go and do a gig for nothing or for very little money and resent doing the gig from the second I walk in the door where there's others that want to do the gig for that much money or less or that little money or less because they want to get the experience and the fun and the love of it. So, you know, I don't play as much as I would like because it it doesn't suit a purpose. And I'm in a band right now. We're doing a whole heap of really cool things that are are not really gig-orientated. There's something a little bit different that we're going to launch to the public um, soon. But, uh, yeah, it's just being smart about it and using business and social media and marketing techniques that I've put together over years to, to see what I can do with this band before we even play one gig. And I know that when we play the gig, it's going to be pretty cool. Um, all right, so let's go to the teacher that made you quit piano. Don't mention any names if you don't want to. Uh, I'm pretty controversial, so you might as well mention a name if, if you want. But, but there's, tell, me, tell me why you quit. Why, did, why was she a major reason for you to stop playing piano? Yeah, well, I mean, see, like, for example, today I have a lot of students, uh, and what happens is, you, know, you sit down, you have, like, a kid in front of you, mm-hmm. and you have your style of teaching, like, let's say your primarily style, mm-hmm. so you, you start with whatever you usually do, but very quickly you realize, oh, that works with this kid, that doesn't work. Yeah. If it doesn't work, you try something different until you find something that works. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and with my kids, uh, for example, even the, the very little ones, you know, I, I, I always I apply that kind of feedback thing. Oh, let's see what we like. Let's see what you don't like. Let's see what you want. Let's see what you don't want. Let's see what you need. Let's see what you don't need. Yep. And, uh, and combining all those things, you, you build a lesson. Mm-hmm. And actually combining those things, you build every single lesson because okay. you know, every lesson is, is a different thing. But you've got to adjust to the student. Each student is different and you've got you to gotta understand that you, know, you even though sometimes you use the same songs or same books, you what you do with that material is that material is not it can't be the same for everybody. You know, it's right. not like one size fits all. And uh, and I remember my teacher, uh, she was a nice person, but you know she had this system, very very kind of traditional, boring system where I had to you know before I play it was a piano lesson. But I had to, to keep singing the name of the notes with my mouth and doing moves with my hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and every lesson was kind of the same thing and all the songs of those boring exercises. And I think she, 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 she didn't realize that that doesn't, it didn't work for me. Okay. Of course, I blame it on myself as well when I was a kid. You know, like, so and how old, how old were you? I was nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a nine-year-old, uh, even though you understand things, you know, like some, you don't have sometimes the maturity to okay, I'm gonna practice today. I did have that sometimes, but sometimes it's just oh, whatever. Yeah. But uh, but I think the reason is I, I every time I was in the lesson, I I used to find it really boring, and every time they was trying to practice, uh, I was finding extremely like boring. The, 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 the. Mm. But you know, I, I just didn't have the maturity to tell her, look, this is boring. You know, I. I yeah. was told. I was told uh, that's the teacher. Whatever she says is, is right. Yeah. Just do. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel that a good teacher would be able to pick up on a student's boredom? Um, and definitely. I think w- w- when you are, uh, you know, like 
when you but when you teach and you see that your students not into what you're doing, mm -hmm. I think that's pretty easy to, to, yeah. to see. It. Yeah. Okay. No, you and I think that's is a kind of you know like uh, the, the reaction thing gotta be inst like inst instantaneous. Like you gotta do it. Uh, yeah. You can wait. Oh, okay. Mm. Let's wait for two more lessons and then I will change it. Yeah. If you see that's happening, boom, you've got to do something something else. And yeah, totally. Sound clear to you, man? Yeah. No, that's fine. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I think, Sorry, I, I think it's really important that you, you really, as a teacher, understand the type, and I've talked about this in a heap of my podcasts, the type of learning style that your student has. It's really important. And you need to be engaging. Um, I, put a, um, I put a thing out. Someone, someone put a thing on Facebook a little while ago from a music teacher's forum. This had like 15,000. It was a global music teacher's forum on Facebook. And someone put this thing up, a big, long, raving comment going, oh, my God, my, my, I've got this class and this class is not engaging in anything I'm doing and blah, 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 blah. It's a really long thing. And at the end, she goes, any hints and tips on how to be more engaging? And my response was, be more engaging. How, so how to get more engagement from the students? And my response was be more engaging. Yeah. Which is, and then she was battling saying, well, it's not really my fault. It's just the students' personalities. And, you know, well, I don't think it is the students. Well, it is the students' personality, but you can engage. And that takes the right person, the right skill set, the right teacher. I would rather a, an engaging teacher that didn't know 100% of the talent or the the, the um you know, the task of teaching the, what do we call it, the, um, the curriculum. Mm -hmm. If they didn't know the curriculum 100% but were super engaging and got a lot of people on board and followed her learning style then, or her teaching style, I think that would be a better conclusion than being boring and trying to get some engagement because when people are not engaged, they're not learning. Simple yeah. as that. It's as simple as that, man. You know that. Yeah. And especially kids, you know, kids, you know, like their attention, they go like in a minute. Yep. But on the other hand, kids, they are like, you know, they, they will, they, they don't have that kind of preconception of the, the pre-ideas of the world or whatever. Whatever you tell them, they will kind of accept. They will listen to you. They will, uh, so if in one hand to keep their attention is a little bit trickier, on the other is uh, you have this kind of open mind that is, you know, ready to take whatever you mm -hmm. You tell them, yeah. So, I, I think, uh, like in the, in the case of my teacher, I think she wasn't. I don't know. Maybe I don't know if she wasn't. Uh, she was. She, she didn't realize what happened, or if she had like a, a kind of mindset. No, this is the way I learned. Mm. That's the way to do it, and this is it. Okay. Maybe she didn't have the maturity. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, what? what and how, how old was she? How old was your teacher? Oh man, I was nine. I think she was at the time. Probably 20, 21, 22, something like okay. that. Yeah. All right. All right. Do you, how many teachers do you think are out there in the world right now? I know I don't want to, well, maybe give me a specific number. <laughs> how many teachers do you think there are in the world right now that actually stop musicians from, stop kids from becoming musicians? Oh, uh, man. Because uh, you, you, you've auditioned and employed a lot of them. And it's a horrible thought that there's a lot of teachers in the market that are teaching but are just bad at it and you're yeah. likely, we're lucky that you've slipped through the, the net and continued becoming, continued to be a musician. But how many people have lessons and go, nah, I tried music once, my teacher was an asshole, and I'm, I'm not interested anymore? Well, man, see, I, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't be able to guess, but I, I can tell you how many people I know that had a bad teacher and stopped, and they didn't want to continue mm. after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'd say I would say it's music is something lot. everybody thinks they know. Yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Like when, when, sometimes you talk to non-professional, just like regular people, and they say, "Oh, this guy's good. This band's good. This mm -hmm. album is good," but. Uh, and for example, I, in church, um, you know, you, you work with uh, a lot of non-professional uh, musicians. And the thing that I, uh, I, I realize is in music, um, everybody, uh, everybody, they, they think they know. Like, mm. you know, okay. you know, you know yeah. Even if they don't play anything, 
they think, oh, I know this pen is good or this guy is good. Or, yeah. yeah. So I think there are, that happens, that applies to music teachers as well. Sometimes they don't have any, any kind of qualification or they are not ready to teach, but they think they are because mm. they know a couple of songs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something that needs to be looked at. And you know that we're working on, on a platform that's going to help not expose the good teachers. It's going to promote the good teachers and bring up the bad to become good. You know, I don't want to stop people from teaching. I want them to learn what's involved in becoming an idolized mentor, not just a teacher. Um, so, yeah, I know that uh, all the students that I've had running through my organization, we make sure that we put on teachers that aren't just teachers, that they become idolized and they're, they're good on and off the field. They're not a really good teacher, but because Facebook connects everybody to everybody, and you've only got to get one parent to look at the teacher's profile and say, well, the teacher's at a pub and every second photo she's drinking. Now, that's not a good role model, even though they're not promoting alcohol um, or alcoholism or smoking or whatever in the in the lessons. Well, I hope they're not. Then, you know, it's just being a good role model. It's just, That's it. That's what it's got to be. And even if you're not 100% technical at your craft, if you're a good role model, you'll work on things together and you'll both learn at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same like uh, with, with the, the organization I'm building now, uh, Aussie Music. Uh, the, the number one uh, thing I look in, a, in, a, in, a, in an applicant for a teaching position mm-hmm. is like to be a nice person, which is of course you, you don't get that in a one interview. Yeah. Um, but to me, that's being a good musician would be second. Yeah, uh, right. Role model would be number one. Well, that's, you know what? All the. The um, the artist interviews that I've done, speaking with performers, they when they put bands together, they put the personality first over the technical ability because you're going to be touring with these people. You get the wrong person in in the tour, and it just kills the whole vibe. So personality oh, yeah. is important, and you're also teaching that when you're teaching guitar or drums or any kind of instrument, you're not just teaching that kid how to play a freaking diminished minor seventh or whatever. You're, I don't even know if that's a thing, but you're, <laughs> uh, and then, but you're also teaching them your attitude as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, like you, you are uh, somebody that you are student you look look up to. You know, mm. oh, that's my guitar teacher, my drum teacher. Wow. Yeah. That's that's you know, like, and then whatever you do, or you know, if you are somebody that always is you know, smile, if you. Uh, you have always positive things to say. Mm-hmm. You already show them your feel and you'll you know, imitate yeah. whatever you do. Yeah. Responsibility is huge. And you're working with kids in schools, so it's really important because they may not be getting it from their teachers and they may not be getting it from their parents. So if you're that one shining light every half hour or once every week for half hour, that might be the only thing that pulls them through the other side with, with hope and ambition and direction. So, you know, for the money we charge... You know, to, to do it, we're kind of a psychologist at the same time. And ah, yeah, man. There's so much yeah. to it. I think, I think if we if we were to write like all the stories we hear or all the, mm. on the lessons and things you the students tell you, I think everybody would have like books yep. and books. Yeah. Um, cool. And yeah, that, yep. totally. And it's just reminded me. There's something that I'm going to put together, and maybe we can work together on this as a bit of a project. Um, I would like to. I would like to find out from teachers what their most common um, phrase or concern, I need to figure out the wording for it, what's the most common excuse for a number of different things? So I didn't practice this week because da-da-da-da-da. And, and I want to get those, those data, I want to get that analytics of, of I didn't practice because. And I also want to get things like I didn't, I can't pay you this week, and um, I cancelled with you last week. Didn't you get the reminder? Or you know, those sorts of things. I want to put together a Facebook poll, and I want to send it to every single musician on the planet, a music teacher on the planet, and get them to tick a box of a sentence that they've heard in the past year or so while they're teaching their students. No, I can't play that because my dad said my fingers are too fat. 
you know, those kinds of those kinds of things, or um, you know, just really simple but funny. But I, I think at the end of getting all that data, it will give us a really clean picture on what the negatives are and the barriers to growth. So if your if your student is saying a whole heap of things all the time, if you've got twenty students and they all keep saying similar things, you need to somehow cut that off before it's even thought of because if they're thinking it they've already gone through the emotions and then they've said it which locks it in so you know maybe maybe you and I can work on something so if you're listening right now you may get an email or a Facebook poll from us at some point in the future with with a list of uh, has your student said this before tick a box has the parent said this before parents might say I don't think I'm getting half hours worth of value at the lesson, um, I think you're talking too much in the lessons. You know, these are excuses, or not even excuses. These are concerns that the parents have had for me in the past, and they say that um, I think there's too much talking going on in the lessons, or you never give us the full half hour, or you always go, or you always go overtime. <laughs> yeah. um, I've had that, so I, I'm pretty conscious of making sure there's a half hour thing these days um, but sometimes you just get excited and you continue on you know you go past your half yeah. hour uh, I think we all have those, those students we we kind of like teaching because they're there and they're mm. and yeah I think everybody has that well, I, from my end I I had so many of those excuses give me some give me, give me uh, some what have, what have you heard well I didn't practice because it was rainy <laughs> yeah I didn't practice because my dog was sick. Yep. I didn't practice because I had to help my mom. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and their kids, don't you imagine yep. it? They're yep. the best excuses. Now, that's, that's funny because, you know, I, I'd like to draw out a lot more information from my students when they say that. Like, oh, you needed to help your mom. That's awesome because it's really important to help your mom. You know, one day you're going to be a big, massive rock star and you're not going to be around potentially and you're not going to be able to help mom. But did you help mom every single second of the day, like when you weren't at school? Like, and like, how hard is it to pick up your guitar and, and play? And they go, oh, you know, the guitar was under my bed and I had clothes on it or... You know, this is a question for you though. Where, where do, do your students keep their guitars in their cases, or do they have them sitting out? Well, I. I All right, here's, here's, here's a test. Here's a test. Sorry to cut you off. Here's a test. Um, hold on. Uh, this will this will prove something. It'll either make you look really good or really bad. But <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, do it. Um, okay, go grab your guitar for me. Play me something. Uh. All right, good. Stop there. That's 25 seconds it took you to get the guitar out of the case and pick it up. And that's a 25-second bit of... That's 25 seconds. It's not very long. But the whole, it's not there, I can't just pick it up and play it. You know, that's probably a nice guitar and you want to keep it secure and safe and, you know, all that sort of stuff. If the guitar, I, I learned guitar a little bit and I learned saxophone a lot more than guitar when I was a kid um, and I'd never put it in its case and it would be all dusty and knocked over and dented but I played it all the time because I didn't have to do anything apart from pick it up and play it or blow yeah. in the reed. So, you know, that, that's a little thing and, and drums are a different story. Um, you walk up, you sit down, you pick up the drumsticks and you, you, you play. So... Thank you for doing that little experiment with me. That's awesome. <laughs> but while you got it, play something. Play. Uh, you, you did a clip a little while ago, and I actually played drums to it. I think I shared it with you. If I didn't, I'll share it again. Um, it was the Michael Jackson Man, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man in the Mirror. Rock with, you. Rock with you. Yeah, give us give us a piece of that if you can remember. Oh man, I, I, I never remember the chords of that man. Yeah. Uh, All right, just play.
啊，點會關鍵啊？係係係，等多兩分鐘咯。Yeah, I need to, I need to, I need to. It's it's a pretty complex track for those that were listening. It was very well done. It was a sort of Spanish flamenco version of、um, of Rock with You by Michael Jackson. It was it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was a.、Uh, it's been it's been ages that I forgot completely. What's your favorite type of music to play now that you've got your guitar? Let's let's、oh, go through、man. genres. Uh, uh, I'd say Brazilian music is my favorite.、Yeah. Give, give me a taste of that. All right,、uh, that's that that's a famous one. Let me tune first. It's a famous one. <laughs> nice one. And so, funny thing is, that was included in the Untapped、um, show. Yeah. <laughs> did you when? So did was that something that you obviously you knew it, but did you did they put that in the show because you knew it, or Andrew wrote it in because it was needed and you just knew it anyway?、Uh, uh, well, they wanted a, that a, that part was an elevator kind of moment、yeah. or a phone call moment. Yeah,、so、yeah. They, they they were they were thinking, okay, what what would fit? Whole music. Yeah. Yeah, so they they said, "Look for it. So, can you play the girl from Ipanema?" So, yes. Yes, of course I can. I am I am married to the girl from Ipanema. <laughs> I know, yeah. And、uh, so I don't know if they asked because I was there or、yeah. it was of the moment.、Hmm. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah,、uh, yeah. The, the, the show that I started,、uh, the show was it was a development from a previous show, which was a development from a previous show. Anyway, yeah. Uh, the previous show didn't have it, so I don't know if they included it because of me or is it a coincidence?、Yeah. Perfect, perfect. That sounded so good. I love that bit. That was good.、Um, all right. So, what's some other genres that you normally teach or play? Well, it's, when it, when it was a, when he's a kid,、uh, like let's say a five six year old, you don't really teach them, you know, like songs or you you, you start with basic techniques, you know.、Mm-hmm. Uh, Read, reading music,、uh, body string, first fret, and、yeah. uh, body string, third fret, and then go to the second string. Once you have a kind of basic notes, and then you start playing simple melodies like. <laughs> nice.、No, so okay. What about the Star Wars thing? Have you taught that to the guys yet?、Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dun dun. Okay. Ah. Ah, no, sorry. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's good. Yeah,、okay. yeah. Popular one too. Yeah. Nice. So that's yeah. It's being engaging, man, and and and、yeah. that's that's where it's at, and it's. It's super critical to do that as a teacher, and you knowing you know this, and you're building your whole business around it. And is that is that something that the educator would have to have、um, experience in, or you would work them through your particular manuals to get them to be? So you not、yeah. only are you taking on a, a good musician that can teach well, are you supplying them with some kind of learning to to be more engaging? Because if they're more engaging, they keep a student longer, and they can get more students, and they make more money.、Mm-hmm. Well, the, of course,、uh, because my expertise on the guitar. When I have like a guitarist,、uh, mm-hmm. a、uh, teacher that is a guitarist,、um, then we talk about specifically techniques and songs,、uh, which is a bit harder. For example,、uh, for example, I, I will have a guy. We start with me now,、mm-hmm. trumpet player. Okay. Like, yeah. So, with, for example, on the guitar, I know "Happy Birthday" is an easy,、uh, or, or "Hot Cross Buns" is, is、yep. an easy melody.、Mm-hmm. I believe that's easy on trumpet too, but I don't know, I don't know the way, like,、uh, 
I don't know how many how many lessons a student would need to play that specific song. Ah, let's 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just went and grabbed my trumpet for those that aren't watching that are listening. So yeah, I borrowed this from a school about a year ago, and I'm yet to return it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's a completely different thing, and you know you need to you need to teach. I think if you need to, well, I don't know. Do you teach each differently? Yeah, um, I think if you're a guitar player, you can teach guitar really well because you're good at it and you understand yeah. it's, it's technical ability. And if you're teaching drums, you've done it long enough, or I've done it long enough, I can teach its, I can teach its technical ability but really easily because I understand it. So it's probably the same for your trumpet guy. I, I think that's where you were going with that. Yeah, yeah. Or, 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 I think the difference when I, when I for example, have like a teacher that does guitar for sometimes we discuss like oh how about after this song we teach this song because this song the student uses two strings and this one here we can include the third string and okay. yep. that technique and that technique so that type of discussion I'll never be able to do it in a, in a trumpet for example yeah yep. but I think the principle is the same you know teacher gotta be gotta, gotta go step by step but yep. together with this kind of the, 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 the together with the, 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 all the technique, all the step-by-step -step thing, uh, student, the student is to be interested. So sometimes we have to skip that a little, like the, 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 the methodology to do something that, even though it's not sometimes you wouldn't do that uh, yourself, but sometimes you shouldn't want, so you, you kind of give them what they want a little, and it's a mix. Right. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. So the only reason I've got this is because I was doing some work with um, with Susie Quattro, um, you know the the bass player, pretty famous American singer. I was doing some work with her. I was working on the on the stage with the drummer, helping him out. And backstage at the Fedby Theatre here in Adelaide, um, all I heard was I heard the Indiana Jones thing, ah. and it just bellowed through this thing and. I'm like, man, I'm going to go get a trumpet and I'm going to learn it. So that's literally <laughs> the only thing I've learned. Yeah. And, and the rest of it. I need to warm it up. <laughs> the batteries are flat. I need to tune it. But I've, I've literally learned that song just from looking at some YouTube clips, understanding the valves, mm -hmm. the, the pressure. And I find it super... I'm curious as to the the technical sound vibrations that have to go in one end at a certain rate to fluctuate to give me the sound that I need. And you know that the last post is played without any valves; it's all just air pressure. And that's so amazing. I I, I found that super intriguing to to discover. But I don't know yeah. what the valves are. I don't know what keys I don't. I would like to. And yeah. the reason it's see how long it took me to get that. I didn't take me twenty five seconds to get that down, did it? Um, but it's up there, so the kids don't knock it over and, and break it because I wouldn't return it. In fact, the valve, the mouthpiece is jammed in there, and I've I've tried effortlessly. Uh, tried. Yeah, yeah. I um, see that guitar here is. Uh, yeah, that's as you said. That's something that I I kind of value a lot. That's a uh, unique. Yeah. Uh, try to protect. Yeah, that's your thing. And I'm the same with my drums too. My drums are down there in the shed. And I used to, uh, after every gig, I wouldn't, I, well, not every gig, I used to do a rehearsal or a gig and I'd come home from the gig and my drums would stay in the car or in the trailer. And because I'd have a gig on the weekend or rehearsal midweek, I wouldn't bother setting it up where that means I didn't play. And then I'd have a rehearsal midweek and then I'd have a gig in the weekend I wouldn't set it up. So the only times I played was at the rehearsal and at the gig. I never touched the kit in between. So I always made a conscious effort. I made the decision to after every rehearsal or every gig, that part of that rehearsal or the gig included me going home, unpacking the drums and setting them up again. And that could have been at three in the morning, mm -hmm. setting it up. It's part of the process. And then I went to bed. Um, yeah. And then, then it was available for me to play on for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Even if I didn't, it didn't really bother me. But I, I, one thing I got really good at was setting up and packing up uh, a drum set. 
and it was always there. So I, I got to play on this thing a lot. Yeah, I think I think I think that follows in the the habit thing. Mm. You no, know? yeah. yeah, and the other thing is that because we are uh, we are like the professionals, we have this. Okay, I have to do it no matter what, like discipline. Mm -hmm. Now, this this kind of what you just did. This is something I talk to all the parents, uh, all the. Uh, what I do with my students when they're kids, even the teenagers as well, not as much, but they too, but especially kids, uh, I, I talk to the parents a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, because I believe the parents will be the responsible, the responsible to, to make that kid mm. practice or not. Yeah. So I spend a lot of time talking to parents, emailing parents, messaging the parents. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the things I say is put, leave the guitar outside of the case in a very accessible um, place. Perfect. So yeah, so the kid can just sit down, get the guitar, and play it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, yeah, but that, but 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 this is it. For example, I think once you get like to uh, the level we are, we we understand. Okay, I have to, even though I have to go downstairs, I have to get my guitar out of the case. We do it. Mm -hmm. uh, true, we, they, they won't do it. Like, no, no, you're right. They're, they don't. They don't. Uh, and so, uh, you know, being yeah. being a teacher of a drum kit. There are some students that don't even have a drum kit yet, and they call that their excuse. Like, I can't practice because I don't have a drum kit. I'm like, well, there's all you need to work out is what happens when your drumstick hits the drum, the rebound. Once you figure that out, if you do that with your left hand, you can really do it with one drumstick on a practice pad. You don't even need a whole drum kit. Yeah. to do this and then you progress to the drum kit later on and when you get to the drum kit then you're ready to go you know it's, it's rocking um so i guess a big barrier for entry for me is students don't necessarily have a or not a barrier to entry a lot of a lot of guys start learning but a barrier to prog progress is they don't get a drum kit um and i've done a cool couple of good deals here with some music stores and they can rent them for very little and i've got five drum kits that i'm I rent out kick, snare, and hat, so they've got something for a little bit of time, and they have to earn the privilege to borrow it for nothing. Like, but they have to bring it back, and then they go, "Okay, so how you got better when you had the drum kit?" Yeah, I did. All right, well, you know, you know what you got to do now. You go and get a drum kit. It costs money. Well, how do you go and get the money? And then we work on the business strategy behind it. Go and do a fundraiser. I've got one of my students, Jacob. He's doing a. Uh, a crowdfunding campaign to raise five and a half grand so we can get a, a Roland wow. electronic drum kit like the one that you, you guys use, like mine that you use for your show. And the kid's 11 years old. And in a week and a half, he's got a thousand bucks because he's done the work and he's on social media and his dad's helping him out. I'm helping him out. And everybody that's, that's donated either 20 to 150 bucks or a couple of hundred bucks, they're all behind him and they're all sharing it as well. So, they want to see their money go to a good place where they, so they share it. And it just, it's it's social media. The world is out there and you get a dollar from every single person you've ever met. You're doing all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To, 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 this lesson thing today uh, is, is a little bit different than, for example, when I was having my piano lessons. I think today, for example, one thing that I use uh, with my students, grade six and beyond, a couple of grade fives, but usually high school students, grade six and high school students. Mm -hmm. I use YouTube a lot, and I tell them, look, instead of you coming to me to ask like a song, your homework is to go and learn learn that song. Yeah. Go find a tutorial and just show me next week. Mm -hmm. that's, that's your homework. Yeah. So, so I think today, uh, what we have like the technology and all those mm -hmm. apps and yep. Yeah, uh, and also as I said, social media—they have access to so many things we didn't have when we were growing up. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, absolutely. And we have to keep reminding the parents and the students that the reason there's a one-on-one -on -one lesson happening, and you're not just learning from YouTube, because I've only ever learned from YouTube this thing, and I, I can't actually play it that well. And uh, for me to go and progress and, and get better at this trumpet. Yeah. I would have to actually have one-on-one -on -one lessons. There's no way in the world I could ever get proficient from watching videos because no one is actually guiding me specifically for my yeah. my benefit or my technique or my 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 learning. So yeah, one-on-ones will always be there, and we know that. 
yeah. think as a teacher, what you, what you have to do is to to see what's happening and to use in your favor. Mm. Technology is being like is changing. You have apps. Sometimes many students they come with, oh, I found this new app that does whatever. Yeah. And it's, oh, that is cool. And so I think as a teacher, we, we have to use those things. Yeah. Use to our benefit. Uh, tell me your tell me your uh, your goal for the next not too distant future for Aussie music. Well, um, I of course I'm trying to get into more schools, uh, growing up as the business. We've been now working on our system in um, our like uh, we we call it like CRM like the. the yep. The, or the management staff been working on that. Well, the goal, the goal is to is to keep expanding, to keep. You no, know, I think um, you know once I think we, we you have like the, the, the vision you want and what you want, and you expand from that. Then what what my goal is to maybe triple in the next maybe year. Okay. Like, so how many how many how many uh, what's your KPI? X amount of students or X amount of Teachers, what what do you focus on? The teacher getting more teachers or getting more students? Well, uh, see, but that's a bit uh, to get more schools because it depends on the school. What I found is that the needs change. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so let's say it would be a combination of teachers and students to grow the business, the, uh, and, and of course all the. All how, the how many teachers do you have now? I want. I, uh, I have three at the moment. Okay, so you want to want to triple that? Well, triple that, yeah. But so nine, nine, yeah, nine would be good. And but but that's the thing, for example. And uh, count like if you count myself, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I have probably around six, uh, almost seventy students, seventy students um, in row. Yep. Just for your enrolled, or that's who you teach personally? No, no, like everybody. Okay, yep, no worries. So tripling that would give you about um, 240, 200. And then 10, well, around 210 yeah. uh, per, like, in one year. Yeah, less than and, two weeks. Yeah, and, uh, and I think during the, like, this growing thing, I will be learning, I will be improving how to, what works, what, what doesn't work yeah. and, and I know you're doing some work with Jack Delosa and the only yeah. book the only system book he ever wrote was the book on how to write systems and I follow Jack dearly he's great and he's he's definitely on the right page for you and I he's very creative but you know you're building a business now and you've got three educators um, putting the process in place to take nine is probably no different to running three perhaps Putting a process in place to run 100 educators, you're doing all the effort anyway. So running 100 educators with their students each, you know that would be a mess. I'm not trying to tell you what your goals are, but that like going from three to nine seems like a pretty achievable thing. And I know you, and I know you'll get it. When you have 100, you know you're running a really kick-ass organization at that point. Ah, yeah, yeah, and I know you can do that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I I try to put those kind of um, doable short goals, mm. and then yeah. But of course, once I, I guess uh, that stage, I'm I'm looking really to um, improve the 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 all the yeah internal system and all those things. Once I have that, then I, uh, I will, of course, uh, aim for a lot higher numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like if you had four teachers in each school, there's only 25 schools you need. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem that hard, does it? But It doesn't but, seem, yeah. 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 And I, I, I guess here is where, you know, like you're on... Um, Knowledge comes in place. Um, for example, I was a sole, sole trader, now running a business. So the, 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 you have always this this season. Uh, I mean, it, it, you you never stop learning, mm-hmm. but 
you have like a, a season where it, the changes they really come and they kind of yep. you know, like you, you, you it's a transitional moment mm. that takes time to go through right? yeah. yeah yeah and i think that's where uh, we are that's what's been happening now uh, what i've been trying to do is i always teach myself of course mm -hmm. uh, and i always play music but let's say what i'm trying to do is to take like to teach less and manage more yeah that's, yeah to become more the, the business owner manager that just goes after more schools and uh but i always have my students but i would say now i teach uh more than well, my, my goal would be my goal now is to teach less and manage more beautiful and people can find out more about you at aussie music and that's spelled h-o-s-i music.com yeah because Hozzy is your surname. Yeah, yeah. actually it's Aussie. Aussie. We say we say Aussie. Yep, A U S I, but it's spelled H O S I. Yeah. Music dot com. Yeah. So beautiful video on that website of you, and I really love the way you explain your purpose and your mission. I love it. Yeah, yeah the mission uh, we uh, we've been working with schools now more, but you know the goal is to. Maybe that was your question. Actually, the goal is to expand. I wanna, I wanna help everybody that wants to learn music. You know, I, I'm, I'm uh, looking to putting uh, some kind of software, maybe Skype or some kind of Skype thing to have lessons online. Mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, I, I, I wanna put available books or uh, musical accessories for like sale and that kind of stuff. Correct. And uh, yeah, and use this space to, 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 to for. Uh, put content through blogs. Uh, those, uh, the, maybe that was your question. Like the idea is to expand to go not just schools. The schools is where I'm studying, but the goal is to to be able to to help whoever wants to learn music. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, the uh, the the thing that you want to be doing the most when you're 70 years old. When you're 70. What do you what do you what do you want to be doing when you're seventy? It's a weird question. Well, I want to be man. I want to look back and say, well, I I did it. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to. I will be still playing music and teach. That's for sure. That that will never stop. Yeah, right. But by seventy, I want this organization to be huge. I want to be able to help. Uh, Okay, let's let's open myself a little. I wanna just much more than music, you know. Like for example, when I see I don't know a kid mm -hmm. in Africa that has no food, mm -hmm. that breaks my heart. Yeah, really. So what I want through this organization is you know, expand and have the resources to help. And like, yep. My business will always be music, but I wanna be myself. I wanna help much more than in the music area. Perfect. I when I'm seventy, I wanna I don't know, I wanna be able to have to. to to, to look back and say, wow, I helped. I had my organization that's been helping, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of people, but I also been helping those people here and there and then and that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, maybe, that's maybe that's fantastic, mate. Maybe they could start now with a portion from every every lesson goes to a, a particular charity that you, you work with. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, I don't complete by lesson, but I have like uh, several things I've already helped. Mm, great. Of course. The, the, Whatever I can. Uh, You're a good uh, man. You're a good man, Marisha. It's been lovely to chat with you. I really, uh, I really look forward to uh, seeing the evolution of Aussie music over the next few years. I'll be following it closely. You know that I will be, and we'll be keeping in touch. Yeah, thanks, man. And Aussie music uh, owes a lot to ETI. That's for sure. Oh, shucks. Yeah, well, and you know, I, I, thank you. I, I, I appreciate it. ETI, for those that don't know, is the organisation that I run, and that's not just helping music, uh, not just help, not just to help students learn music, but it's helped the educators to learn how to teach better and to help organisations help organisations start because of people like Mauricio that has an amazing, huge passion. And you know, Mauricio is only one of a few that we've worked with that has taking things to the next level and he's just taken everything on board and that's why he works a million hours he's putting in the work but he's getting the results so I appreciate the, the compliment Rishos it's amazing uh, thanks uh, thank you and uh, 
Yeah, yeah, Aussie music, yeah, it'll be growing. It's growing now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the reason is, you know, always asking for help, always asking for uh, people who already did it and to getting feedback and help, and that's it. And uh, you, Peter, Peter Barry is one of those those people. Thank you, Peter. My pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure, mate. Excellent. It's been great chatting with you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, everybody that's listening. Excellent. Um, check them out, Aussie Music, H-O-S-I, music.com, and you can click on his Facebook link. Make sure you go and like his Facebook page. It's very important that you do that as well because he can communicate with you through Facebook and uh, you can see what's going on there with, with everything that he does. Thanks, Mauricio. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody. All the best. Uh, all the best to you and to everybody who's listening. Thank you, mate. Ciao. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed Pete's podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share with anyone you think will get value. And if you haven't already, head to PeteBarter.com for more Pete Barter content. And remember, do something good for yourself and someone else today. Thanks for listening.